Well, good morning again, Cedar Creek Church here at our Banks Mill campus, and good morning to those of you at our Ridge, at our, at our West Campus in Hookstown, Pennsylvania, and maybe you're joining us today in a hospital room, in your den, in your bedroom, wherever you are in live stream world. We are glad to have you and just want to say welcome to each of you. I am Danny Wilson, uh, one of the campus pastors here at Cedar Creek Church, and I am just thrilled for the opportunity to share today. I'll also tell you this, um, the worship team did a great job today, and I know from time to time you hear this, but I'd love to just turn you loose today because they did such a great job, but I'm excited about what God's laid on my heart, so you're not getting out quite yet, so sorry for that little letdown. But that being said, I do appreciate the worship team so much. And before I get started today, I do want to give you just a little update. Um, as many of you know, and maybe this is your first time at Cedar Creek and you're not aware of it, but... Um, several weeks ago, our senior pastor, Philip, and his wife, Terry, and their family um, lost one of their family members. Um, Philip and Terry's oldest son passed away. So they've been out of town these last couple weeks, and so many of you at all of our campuses have asked the question, what can we do to help? How can we come alongside them? And I can tell you this, that Pastor Philip and Terry know that this church loves them tremendously, and just your kindness and your graciousness to them has been unbelievable. But I'll tell you right now, the greatest thing that you could do for them is to pray. If you've ever lost a child, I haven't, thank goodness, but if you've ever lost a child, you know a little bit about what they're going through right now. And it's a pain that only God can heal. And he may choose, and I'm sure he's going to use our Cedar Creek Church family in the days ahead to help with that. But right now, the greatest thing that you could do is be praying for them. And then I'll just let you know, as we find out needs, we'll be sharing them um, throughout the next months and weeks and just on down the road. We'll let you know as we know those. But right now, I can tell you that your prayers are the most important thing that's going their way right now. So thank you for praying for them. And if you would continue doing that, that would be great. Um, but they're hanging in there, just taking it day by day. And by God's grace, they're going to they're gonna continue to keep their eyes on him. And Philip will lead their family and lead our church church in these days ahead. So just a moment, I wanted to give you an update on that. Um, but I also want to tell you this, in the midst of all the tough times that we're in right now as a church, Pastor Philip, um, several months back, realized that God had laid on his heart a sermon series called Free Indeed. So for these next six weeks, in Sunday morning worship, as well as in home groups, that's what our focus is going to be on, the freedom that we have in Jesus Christ. And one of the things that we know for sure is that in this world that we live in, people are hungry for freedom. People are thirsting after that, and we know that because we see news stories, we read news clippings. We know that because as pastors, we talk to a lot of people that are struggling. We know that because our counseling center deals with a lot of this. There are people that are just hurting, and what they're hurting for is true, genuine freedom understanding who they are, understanding who God's created them to be. That's what they're looking for, and that's what they're hungry for. And that's where we're going to go over these next six weeks. So really, really excited about what God laid on his heart and now the opportunity that the campus pastors have to begin to speak on this series. Just know we're pumped up about it. And this first message today, um, I'm kind of like that, that horse in the stall, and I'm ready for the gate to open and go. So now I get to go. So here we go this morning. And let me start off by telling you this. When I think about... Um, true freedom, my mind just automatically goes, and I don't know why I think like this, but if there's a true freedom, there must be a fake freedom. There must be a counterfeit freedom. And I just have to tell you, I would love to tell you that I'm a super spiritual person, but I have to tell you, when I think about true and fake, the first thing I don't think about is faith issues. The first thing that I think about 
is food, okay? I'm just being honest with you. Food is what comes to my mind. There's one particular food that I crave, that I love, that I could eat every single night and probably a half gallon of it, and it's ice cream. So this morning, as we, started talk, as we start talking about this, and unfortunately, I don't have ice cream in here, so don't get excited. If I did, I'd eat it right in front of you. But you're going to see two just kind of ordinary containers of Publix premium ice cream that look pretty, pretty much the same to you, but there is a huge difference in what you're looking at right now. Now, if you have dietary restrictions and you have to do the low-fat, low-sugar thing, bless your soul, understand that. Hey, I will come alongside you and encourage you. You stick with that. But for me, this growing, um, maybe even unhealthy dude that likes to eat a lot of junk, this right here is called no-sugar-added light ice cream, okay? This is just wrong, okay? There is not an ice cream that can be low-fat, low-sugar, and it be called ice cream. Um, as a matter of fact, in order to bring these to you, I had to have these emptied out, of course, and I had my daughter do it. I didn't even want to look at this ice cream, okay? When she popped the lid, I was like, get that out of here, push it down the disposal, be done with it. I don't want to do anything with it. Then on the other hand, there is this, and this is mint chocolate chip ice cream, okay? And it is like heavenly. I ate it right out of a gallon um, bag that my daughter put it in last night when I came in from a wedding, so I gorged myself a little bit on it. But this stuff is amazing. It's sweet. It tastes good. I mean, I, I, could, I could almost eat this whole thing at each setting. So why am I telling you this? Because a lot of times in life, what happens is this. When we search for freedom, we settle for an imitation. We don't settle for the real thing. Because either the real thing's hard to find, we don't know how to find it, we've made excuses for not finding it, but the real deal is there is a true freedom that's out there. There is the real deal. It's not an imitation, it's the real deal. So what we're going to do today is look at the real deal, and we're just going to get rid of the imitation because I don't even want to see that box anymore because it makes my heart hurt. So anyway, um, that's where we're going today. So let me just start, and if you'll look in your little card that you got when you came in, you're going to notice one of the first things there, fake freedom or counterfeit freedom. What is it? It's when we have the right to do what we please or desire. So the, a fake freedom, a counterfeit freedom is the right to do what we please or desire. And what I mean by that is there's no accountability and there's no consideration of others. It's all about our freedom. It's the ability to pursue those things that we want to pursue and not consider anything else. A couple of things that came to my mind when I thought about that. One is money. There's some people, believe it or not, in our world that that's all they want to do. They want to pursue money. It doesn't matter who they hurt, who they take advantage of, how they get that. It's about money, money, money. And that's their drive in life. That's where they feel like they're going to find freedom. Then I think about the person that maybe looks for that freedom in relationships. They might even know what God's Word says about who they need to be looking for and who that godly person is they need to pursue. But instead of doing that, they decide, you know what, I know how to do this. And I'm going to pursue these relationships no matter what I'm supposed to do and what God's called me to do. I'm going to go after this. Or I think about just pleasures in general. That a lot of times it's easy for us and for people to get focused on their own pleasure. And again, they don't care who they hurt along the way. They don't care what kind of trail they leave behind them. It's about their pleasure. It's about pleasing themselves. And they think that is going to bring them freedom. So they pursue that with everything they can. And here's the reality. That kind of freedom is really, really self-centered, and it leads to emptiness. 
If you're pursuing those type things that are all about you having the right to do whatever you please and desire and never considering anybody else, I'm telling you that leads to emptiness. And we see it all over the place today. Let's turn the corner for just a minute and talk about true freedom. True freedom is being who God created us to be and doing what God created us to do. Think about that for a minute. True freedom is being who God created us to be and doing what God created us to do. So that, that is where we're going to find true freedom, figuring out, God, who have you called me to be? God, what have you called me to do? And once we get into that, we're going to find true freedom, and we're going to talk about how to do that today. But unfortunately, a lot of times what we'll try to do is substitute God's best for our own desires and our own passions. And we do this often. What we do is we try to tell our Creator, who we know from the book of Psalms, from the book of Psalms, molded us, formed us in our mother's womb, knit us together. He knows us better than anybody else. And what we try to do is to tell that Creator, God, hey, God, this is what's going to make me happy. This is what I want to do. This is who I want to be with. This is who I'm created to be. And we try to tell God how he's created us. Instead of listening to him and listening to what his word teaches us, we're trying to tell him something. I couldn't help when I started thinking about that, about just, and it was just a random thought, I think God put it in my mind, but about somebody years and years ago that worked with wood. Now, I don't know, I didn't take the time to do a lot of background on this study or anything else, but sometime in the past, there was somebody who got really, really tired of taking a saw and manually back and forth, back and forth over a piece of wood. And they got this great idea, there's got to be some way to cut this wood quicker. So they, just out of just their own desire and passion, I think they decided, you know what, we can create a motor and we can create a blade and we can create this thing called a saw that will cut things a whole lot faster. And that's where we got this thing, and don't laugh when I pull this out because this is a very clean skill saw. And this is my skill saw from home, which let me tell you this, my wife is probably, and I don't know if she's in here yet, she's probably laughing because I've used this twice, and both times she came out in the garage and said, please don't use that, put that up. So I don't know a whole lot about a skill saw, but what I know is the creator of this skill saw came up with the idea to, hey, this will make cutting wood, uh, primarily wood, a whole lot easier. Now imagine for a moment if I came up here and I plugged this saw in, knowing full well what it was supposed to be used for, and I said, you know what, I need to cut my fingernails. So I crank this thing on, and I put my hand out, and I start going across my fingernails. Now that is not going to be a good scenario, okay? It's going to cut my fingernails, but it's probably also going to cut the tips off of all of my fingers, and it's going to be rather messy this morning. So I'm not going to do that. But my point is this. The creator of this saw created it for a reason, to cut wood. How foolish would it be if Danny Wilson came up here and I used this as a fingernail trimmer? That you'd, be, you'd be thinking, you're an idiot. Why would you do something like that? Now, I wonder this morning what God might think about you and about me when we say, God, we know you created us. We know you know us better than anybody else. We know you have plans for our lives, but we don't trust you. We're going to do this our way. I wonder if God is not in heaven just shaking his head going, what is going on? I have something so much better for them. I created you. I know what's going to bring your life contentment. I know what's going to bring you freedom. And instead, you're settling for all these other things. I wonder if he doesn't think maybe we're as crazy as me using a skill saw to trim my fingernails. It just doesn't make sense. And I, I think oftentimes we live in that world where it really doesn't make sense if we stopped and we really thought about it. 
It's just not right. We are never going to find meaning and be who we were created to be outside of what God has planned and how he, is, how he has laid out truth in his word for us to live. So what I want to do for our few minutes together is I want us just to take a few minutes and look at how to experience true freedom. What are some things we can do to experience the freedom that God desires for us to have? To do that, I want to look in John chapter 8, and I'm going to read verses 31 through 36. So if you'll grab your copy of God's Word, your Bible app. By the way, if you don't have a Bible, uh, stop by your Welcome Center at your campus, and we'll make sure we get a Bible in your hand. But I'm going to go ahead and read these so you can watch on the screen if you don't have your own copy. Here's what God's Word says. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. But we are descendants of Abraham, they said. We've never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean you will set us free? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. A slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is part of the family forever. So if the son sets you free, you are truly free. So I want to take our next few minutes and just look at how do I experience true, authentic freedom. And the very first thing that I'll tell you is you've got to believe in Jesus. It says it right here, the first, first part of that verse. Jesus said to the, to the people who believed in him, we've got to believe in him. Here's the deal. God created you to be a child of his. Now, I don't care how bad you think you are. I don't care how far you think you are from God. I don't care if you this morning you say, there's no way God could love me and have a plan for my life. What I'm telling you is those are all lies. God created you to be his child. That's his passion. That's his desire. If you are breathing, if you're taking up space on this place called earth, he wants to be in a relationship with you. And as his child, God wants you to know freedom. He wants you to understand genuine, authentic freedom. He wants you to live in that. It's never his plan, and it's never been his desire for you to live in bondage or for you to live your life searching for what true freedom's all about. He has laid it out clearly in his word so that you know that and so that I know that. He doesn't want us searching for it. He's laid it out for us. And the way we become a child of his... And the way we inherit the things he talks about in Scripture is when we surrender our life to him and we allow ourselves to become his child. In other words, when you and I realize we're messed up, we're sinful, and there's a huge gap between where we are and where God is, and you can never do anything to fill that gap. Let me tell you this. Isaiah says this. Our, your acts of righteousness, my acts of righteousness are like filthy rags before God. Did you hear that? My very best is filth to God. He's so holy. So there's no way for me to get from, to, from where he is to where I am on my own. And we have to understand that and realize that. And the only way to bridge that gap is through Jesus Christ, the perfect sacrifice, God's son that he sent into this world. And it's through Jesus Christ that we get from where we are to where God is and we experience forgiveness and we experience hope and we experience life. So we've got to understand that this is really, really significant that you and I believe and that we place our faith in Jesus Christ. One of the natural things as I started thinking about that is that makes sense to me that I am sinful, that I am broken. The only way to get to God is through Jesus Christ and he provides forgiveness and hope. So what's the problem? Why am I not living in freedom if that's what he's done for me and he's provided that for me? Why am I not living it? And a couple of things came to mind and maybe you'll identify with one of these. 
One of the reasons that we aren't experiencing the freedom that God has for us is we're not walking with Jesus. We're not walking with him day by day by day. It's not enough to come here on Sunday morning and to hear a brief message and to hear some words spoken and for you to grow spiritually. That's not enough. We've got to walk with Jesus moment by moment by moment. It's no different than if you wanted to lose weight or I wanted to lose weight and we go see a trainer and that trainer lays out this program for us. And it's a diet program and it's an exercise program and it's a sleep program. And we start working this program but then after a little while we just stop. We're not going to continue to lose weight. We're going to actually start putting weight on. And we would say, well, that'd be foolish to stop doing what that person told you to do if your goal is to lose weight. Well, if you and I want to experience freedom, we have to believe in Jesus Christ and we have to walk with him. That's how that happens. It's not an easy process. It's not a simple process, but it's necessary for us to experience true freedom. We've got to believe in him and not allow ourselves to be sidetracked. Another thing that might keep us from freedom is pursuing or, substitu or substituting um, in our own life things that God doesn't want to be there. We're putting things in a place that God has no desire and no plan for them to be in our life. Things like it could be money again, it could be drugs, it could be pleasures, possessions, relationships. But we're putting things into our life, expecting them to bring freedom, and they're never going to bring freedom. So we're not experiencing that. Or for some of us, it's just not trusting God with our life. A lot of times, that's where I am, if I'm honest with you. I know what I need to do. I know what God's called me to do. I even know what Scripture tells me, but I don't trust Him enough to do it. I don't believe maybe that He has my best interest in heart. Or I don't believe that He's going to see me through something I'm going through. So what do I do? I try to take control of that and hang on to it myself. And I don't put my faith and my trust in Him. So I don't know what keeps you from that freedom, but what you've got to understand is believing in Jesus is that very first step. We've got to put our faith and we've got to surrender to him. So we've got to make that decision. We've got to surrender to give our lives to him, to allow him to be in charge, to be in control, to guide and to direct our lives. And then we've also just got to believe and surrender to what his word says. And we're going to talk about this a lot more in a few moments, but we've got to believe and trust his word. So how do we know if we really believe? How do we know if we really believe God's word? That leads me to number two, and it's know the truth. The second thing you've got to do to experience true freedom is to know the truth. Here's the deal. God created you to live in truth. You need to know that today. He's created you to live in truth. He wants you to live in, in that total freedom of being who he created you to be and doing what he called you to do. That's where he wants you to be. He doesn't want you to be deceived, and he doesn't even want you to have to search for truth. This is one of the things that blows my mind at times, that people struggle with Christianity, and they say it's so narrow-minded that you can only do it God's way. And my thought is, what a crazy way to think. God loves me, and he's given me clear direction of what's going to bring meaning and peace and hope. And for our message here, it's going to bring freedom. He hasn't said to me, Danny, go out and search everywhere for it. Spend your life looking for it. Maybe you'll get it. Maybe you won't. No, he loves us too much. And he says, this is truth. And he puts it right out before us. And I appreciate that so much that he would love us that much. He's the perfect parent. And he wants us to experience that freedom today. And he's very clear that that experience comes from one place. And it's from his word. That we know the truth. That we know what his word teaches. 
It's amazing to me, a book that could have been written so many thousands of years ago is so relevant to us today in our society in 2018 that we can still bank on the things that Scripture teaches. And if we're living this out and we're following the truths we find in God's Word, we are going to have a freedom that this world could never offer through believing in Him and following the Scripture and following the truth that we find there. So as I think about the truth, I'm reminded that our world, once again, is trying so hard to pull us away from this. I think about so many of, of just the different religions that are out there as people have sought truth and they've run from God and they've created their own religion. And so people are pursuing that freedom that way. I think about addictions, that people, again, they're looking for that freedom. They're looking for, what am I here for? What's my purpose? And they can't find it, so they turn to an addiction to try to deal with that and cope with that and find that. Or maybe it's a fear, maybe it's an emotion. But whatever it is, we need to understand that things are going to constantly be trying to pull us away from what God teaches. And he says, know the truth, and the truth is what's going to set you free. So don't look everywhere else. Know the truth. Uh, seeking anything else, looking anywhere else is only going to cause us to be bound and to live as prisoners. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more in a minute. But I also want you to notice something very, very important about knowing and practicing the truths that we've lived, that we've learned from God's Word. And this is really important for those of us that already have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And it comes in the last part of verse 31, and it says this, You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. Let me read that to you again. You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. When I read that, it's a little bit scary because what it's saying is that our obedience reveals if Jesus Christ, if we're followers of Jesus Christ or not. Think about that. Your obedience, my obedience to the truths we learn in Scripture reveal if Jesus Christ is the Lord of our life. That's a little bit scary to think about. Let me even take it a step further, and I'm going to turn this into a negative for just a second and listen to how this reads. You are not my disciple if you don't follow my word. Wow, that is a gut punch right there. You are not my disciple if you don't follow my word. So what that is telling me is that if I know what God's word, I know the truth from God's word, and I'm choosing not to follow that, and I'm choosing not to pursue that, I'm just telling you what scripture says right here. I'm not a, I'm not a disciple. I'm not a follower of Jesus. And I, again, I'm not here to scare you in saying that, but I, I feel like I've got to tell you what Scripture teaches, and that is if we're followers of Jesus Christ, we've got to be obedient to the truths of His Scripture. And we've got to pursue those with all of our heart. Think with me about this whole idea of, of just obedience being who you follow. I remember years ago, um, early in my years of student ministry, I had a young lady named Chrissy in my youth ministry. Chrissy was a phenomenal dancer. As a matter of fact, Chrissy for a long time was part of the Rockettes. And then she went on and it's with all kind of dance companies. I guess that's what you call it. But she's touring all over the place, doing great. I mean, just, a, just really, really very, very successful in her field. But I want you to imagine with me for just a minute that, Chris, that Chrissy one day decided, you know what, I know what I'm supposed to do. I'm a Rockette and I know I'm supposed to put my arms up on other people. I know I'm supposed to kick and I don't know what the Rockettes do. But I know I'm supposed to do that. But instead, Chrissy decided, you know what, I'm not doing that. When they jump, I'm going to sit down. When they jump, I'm going to step back, I'm going to step up, I'm going to step to the right, step to the left. Oh, we got a little dance move. Um, but, you know, think about if she did her own thing. She would not be following the coach. She would not be part of that team called the Rockettes. 
And what I want you to understand is, as believers, we're part of God's team. We're part, we are his children, and we should be following his commands and what he tells us to do. And we start doing things and living and, and just going through life doing our own thing. We're not really followers of his, because followers are going to be obedient to what their master, what their teacher, what their coach says. So this morning, I just pray that you'll do some soul searching and look at your life and find out, are you being obedient to the things of God, the things he's called you to do, because your obedience shows who your master is. And I want to be really, really clear right here for just a second, because I don't want you to miss what I'm telling you. I believe with every ounce of my being that there's only one way to get to heaven, and that's through Jesus Christ. And it's a gift that God gives to each one of us. Don't have a problem at all admitting that, and I'll tell you right now, that is the only way to heaven. It will never, according to God's word, it will never be by works that we make our way to heaven. It is all by faith, a gift that God has given us in Jesus Christ. But I will tell you this, the fruit of our lives, our obedience shows who our Lord and who our master is. So if there is no obedience in your life, if your life's not being transformed by God, then you really need to search and say, God, am I a child of yours? God, am I walking with you? Because nothing in my life is giving evidence of that. Nothing in my life is showing that you're my Lord and my God. Because obedience is huge. We've got to be obedient to what God's Word said because that shows who our Lord is today. So let me, let me word it this way. True disciples are faithful to live out the truth that comes from Scripture, and as they do that, they experience true freedom. True disciples are faithful to live out the truth that comes from Scripture and to experience true freedom. So how can we know the truth? Well, if you've been walking for Jesus, walking with Jesus for very long, you know how to do that. There's some really, really practical ways, but in case you're new to the faith, maybe you're here just trying to find out a little bit more about this journey with Jesus, one of the easiest and most simple ways is this, to begin to spend time right here in God's Word. To spend time reading God's Word. And if you're at a point where you're like, I don't know if Jesus is real. I don't know if God is real. You know, that's okay. What I would challenge you to do is you spend time reading God's word and you just say, God, speak to me. If it's real, help me to know it's real. Show me it's real. Help me to understand it. And just begin to read God's word and study it. Because what I'm telling you is you won't have to read it for very long probably before you start realizing that God, the creator of this whole universe, he knows you, he loves you, and he wants a relationship with you so badly um, so I, I, that's one of the ways you can know the truth is just begin to spend time in God's Word and pray and asking God to reveal that to you. Another way to know the truth is to memorize Scripture. This is a big one, and I, I'm sorry to tell you I don't do as well with this one as I should, but memorizing Scripture is huge because as you memorize Scripture, you take it with you everywhere you go. And here's the crazy thing about God's Word. When you memorize passages and Scripture at times, it feels like, why am I learning this? Why is God laying this Scripture on my heart? And so many times that I've said that, a week, a month, two months later, something happens, and all of a sudden, boom, that Scripture passage comes to mind, and I remember, now I know why I memorized that Scripture passage. Let me tell you even a crazy thing that happened recently. Pastor West was sharing with us at the West Campus when they did their prayer night several weeks ago, and we did this at each campus, but they had um, several places where people could go, and they could just pick up Scripture verses. 
And so people would go by, they would get their scripture verse, and he said it was crazy because some people, you know, put it in their Bible, they were good with it. But some people, man, they had that in their pocket, they had it in their purse, they put it on a bathroom mirror, they put it on their dashboard of their car, and they have really kept up with that scripture passage. And he was sharing just this past week a couple of stories where people had actually been just going through life, living life, all of a sudden, something happened, and boom, that verse that they had randomly, or at least they thought they had randomly picked up, ministered to them right where they were. And all of a sudden, it was like, wow, now I know what this verse means. And the crazy one was, was when a husband and wife picked up Scripture passages from different buckets, and they were the same Scripture passage. So that's when you know God's really speaking to you. But the point is, to memorize God's Word, to put it in your heart, and it's there. That's how you know the truth. And I'm telling you, you'll be surprised at how many times you'll draw from that. Another way to know the truth is get in a home group, and we talk about this all the time, but that is a great place for you to know the truth because you are struggling through God's Word, you're studying it together, you're talking about it, and your sense of understanding God's Word, of living it out, of what it means to you, of applying it, all of a sudden starts meaning something so much differently when you're in there with other people and you're digging. So home groups is a place. Sunday morning messages. What happens here? You know, it breaks my heart when Pastor Philip says that the average church attender attends 1.8 Sundays a month. Less than 50% in school? That's an F. An F. And the reason why that breaks my heart is this, because this is a place to come to learn truth. Now, it's only one piece of it. So again, don't just come here on Sundays and think you're good for the rest of the week. But this is a great place to come and to hear truth being spoken. So there's a lot of different ways to know that truth, but the biggest thing is that you're doing something and you're beginning to try to get that truth into your life. So how do we live out the truth? Yeah, this is, I almost feel bad telling you this, but here it is, just do it. And I'm talking to myself as much as I'm talking to you because here's the deal. I know so many things and God has laid on my heart so many things from his word that I just don't do. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't seem like the right thing to do at the time that something comes up or something happens. It's not fun to do, so I don't do it. But if we know the truth, we've got to live the truth. We've got to be obedient. So we've got to do what God's Word says to do, even whenever we don't want to. And even when we're struggling, we've just got to do the truth that God's Word teaches us to do. And it is hard. And again, I'm going to tell you, that's a great place for a home group because a home group can help you live those things out when you don't want to. A home group member can kick you in the seat of your pants and say, I don't care if you want to do this. You know that's what we talked about. You know that's what God's Word means. And we're going to go through this thing together. So a home group is huge for getting in there. Being faithful at church is another thing. It's huge for living out that truth. But the biggest thing I could tell you today is know God's truth. Believe in Him. Let's go to the third thing. And that is to live in freedom, to live in freedom. Listen to verse 36. God's Word says this, So if the Son sets you free, you are truly free. Pretty simple verse there. I want you to notice a couple things. It starts off saying, if the Son has set you free. Here's the deal. Not everybody is free. Not everybody is free. God's desire is to free everybody, but not everybody is free. Why is everybody not free? Because they don't believe and because they don't know and they're not practicing the truth. If you do those things, it's going, to live, it's going to lead to living in freedom. But not everybody is there. We need to understand that that's on us. He's given us the way to live that way. And I'll also tell you this. There's not multiple ways to freedom. 
really don't care what the world's telling you. What I can tell you is when I look out at the world as a whole and they're trying all these different ways to freedom, they don't work. There's one way to freedom, and it's through Jesus Christ. John chapter 14, verse 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father but through me. Jesus Christ is the only way to experience that. There isn't another way. So don't keep searching. Don't keep looking. Don't keep pursuing things to fill that void that you're experiencing because you don't have that genuine freedom. I'm telling you today, it's because it's found in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone and nowhere else. So you can stop looking. There's not multiple ways, just one way. We also need to understand this, and this is going to kind of sound weird, but freedom, living in freedom, does come in obedience. I'm reminded at our West Campus, they have a water park there. One of the things that happens at that water park is when a child shows up at the water park, they don't just jump in this pool and start swimming because that would not be very freeing to that child. Many of those children think they can swim, and they jump in the water, and they got to be rescued or pulled out, or mom or dad, lifeguard's got to go get them. Freedom comes in obedience. So when that child comes in, the Y has a swim test that they have to do. And based on that swim test, they get a wristband or they don't get a wristband. I think it's how the system works. But you can only get in the big pool and be unsupervised if you have a certain color band on. And it's in obedience, it's in following the guidelines that the wise set up that these children can experience the freedom that comes from swimming, the freedom that comes from being a part of that water park. Same way for us. We, as we live, the way we live in freedom is to believe and to follow the truths that God has set out for us and to live in those truths. And here's what I want you to recognize in these verses, and we're going to see this in verse 34 and 35 in just a moment. But I want you to see what happens when we try to create our own freedom, when we try to step outside of being obedient to the truths that God's laid out for us. What happens? And it's really not a good good picture that we see here. When we don't live in freedom, we're slaves. Listen to me for a minute. If you're not living in genuine freedom that comes through Jesus Christ and following the things that God has planned for you and being who God created you to be, whether you admit it to me or not today and whether you know it or not today, you are a slave, Scripture says, and we're going to see it in just a minute. But you are a slave. You're a slave to to a counterfeit freedom. You're slaves to emptiness. And you may not even know that now, but Scripture clearly teaches that, that we are a slave. We're slaves of our own ways and our own, own desires, and we start substituting things in our life um, in place of what God has for us. And it can be money, it can be temporal things, it can be other people, it can be fame, it can be a certain body image. But in that quest for freedom, instead of living in that freedom, we start living in all these things that we're pumping into our lives. And ultimately, that's sin because it's outside of what God has planned for us. And that's why I want you to look at verse 34 and 35 and just listen as I read this. I tell you the truth, everyone who who sins is a slave of sin. A slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is part of the family forever. Wow, when you and I live outside of God's plan in Scripture, we reject His truth and we're living in sin. And what He's telling us here is, believe in me, He's telling us that we to know the truth, and he's telling us that we are to not only know that truth and live in that truth, but that we're to live in freedom. And we don't do that, then we're living outside of his plan and will for our life, and we're sinning. And these verses make it very, very clear that once we do that and once we try to take over, we become a slave. And I love what John does in this passage, and I love the fact that he talks about that whole picture of a slave and a son. 
Because he says here that the slave is not a permanent member of the family. They may live close by, they may even live in the family quarters, but they don't get any of the inheritance, they don't get any of the benefits of being in a family. It's the son or the daughter who receives that. And so what I would say to you today is stop living in bondage. Stop living a slave to this uh, counterfeit freedom. Step over and allow God to work. Allow God to move in your life and to give you that freedom that he so much wants to give to you. You know, we were created to live in freedom as sons and daughters of the king. We were created to have an intimate relationship with God through Jesus Christ. We were created to have a meaningful and purposeful life here on this earth. And we were created to worship the one and only true God who loves you like nobody else. And I'll tell you today, there's nobody that does love you like Jesus. No matter what your life looks like, he passionately loves you and wants that relationship. So as I wrap up, I want to ask you this. Are you living in freedom today? Are you living in freedom today? How do I start doing that? First of all, start a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And again, I tell you today, the gap is big between where God is and where you are. And Jesus Christ is the only one that can fill that. So would you surrender? Would you give your life to him today and say, God, I need that forgiveness. I need you to make the way from where you are to where I am possible. That only comes through Jesus Christ. How else can you live in freedom? You can begin to know the truth to read God's Word, to spend time in it, and to know what the truth of His Word is. Then what you need to do to, to experience freedom is you need to live out the truths that you're learning. It's not enough just to know them. You've got to begin to live those out, to know them and to practice the things that Scripture teaches. And then the final thing is, as you're doing that, you're going to begin to live in true, authentic freedom, knowing who you were created to be and knowing what it is that God wants you to be about. That's where true freedom comes from. So this morning, my prayer and my hope is that God's Word will continue to speak to you, that you'll really examine your heart to make sure that you're walking with Him, that you're following Him, that you know Him, and that you're experiencing the kind of life that He wants you to experience. Would you pray with me? Father, I want to come to you this morning and thank you for our time. Father, I want to thank you for each person at each of our campuses that are watching today, those on live stream that are watching, those who may even be watching this message down the road. I just thank you for the opportunity to share your word with them today. And my prayer and my hope is that your word would speak very, very clearly to them about authentic, true freedom. I'm afraid that so many people today are settling for a counterfeit freedom. And Father, they're continuing to look for it and look for it, and they just can't seem to find it and they'll never find it apart from Jesus Christ. So my prayer is for um, each person here today that, Father, they would search their heart and they would make sure, first of all, that they know you personally, that they've surrendered to you, that they've realized that they're a sinner and the payment for their sin is death, but you love them so much, you provided the perfect gift of Jesus to provide them forgiveness. And I pray they would reach out and seek you and seek, and seek out that relationship with you through him. And then, Father, for those of us that are already believers, I pray that you just give us a yearning and a passion to know the truth of your word and, Father, to live in the freedom that you've given us. So my prayer is you speak to each one of us clearly today that we would take the bold next steps that we need to take. And, Father, I just thank you that you love me and that you love us enough to tell us the truth and to let us know how we can experience true freedom. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.